Sacred Ritual or Act of Rebellion, the website of the current Field Museum exhibit about tattoos, asks the reader. Indeed, it used to be that not many people in modern Western civilization had tattoos, not outside of sailors and bikers anyway, and to get a tattoo was a bit of a scandal, even not that long ago. But now, a 2015 Harris poll revealed that about three in ten of us in the U.S. have at least one tattoo, and of that bunch, seven in ten of us have more than one. Yes, us. A little blue typewriter on which I began my journalism career at about age seven is permanently displayed on my shoulder. And over the years, I may have added a flower or 12, as if laying flowers at the typewriter's base in homage to the symbol of storytelling forever that sits quite literally under my skin. The conversation tonight is about tattoos, and it will span from modern legal and employment considerations, certainly, but also will acknowledge tattoos. They're really far, far from a contemporary issue. Indeed, the real story about tattoos is much bigger than simply modern Western culture and our preconceived ideas of who has them and what those consequences may be. Not only will will we look at tattoo culture around the world, but we'll start over 5,000 years ago with a mummy and his 61 tattoos perfectly preserved by the elements. So tonight, as ever, let's set aside what we think we know about tattoos and the employability of those of us who have them and set aside myths about who can and can't be buried or do anything else without them and instead learn about how body art has been part of cultural and religious rites of passage and perhaps a slew of other things for thousands of years. And consider that if indeed our bodies are our temples, why not do a little bit of decorating? I'm Amy Guth, and that's all coming up tonight on the Saturday Night Special. Seven twenty WGN. It's Amy Guth, and this is the Saturday Night Special. And tonight on the program, we're talking about tattoos. Even more than that, we're looking at the ways body art has been part of history and ritual around the world for thousands of years, and we're challenging the popular narratives about what we think we know about them in order to get to the real story. We'll be joined by Loyola anthropologist Dr. Kristen Krieger to talk about some of the earliest examples of tattoos and what they're used for. We will have an HR expert right here in studio with us to talk about how attitudes around tattoos have changed in workplaces and with folks from the Field Museum about their current exhibit on the topic of body art, as well as we will also visit with a tattoo artist who has seen and tattooed a little bit of everything. We have a lot to do, a lot to discuss, and a lot to learn tonight. We have a pretty packed show, so I cannot swear we're going to be able to take too many calls, but 312-981-7200 if you have a comment and esteemed producer Lise Graham will be the first voice on the other end of the line when you do call. But of course, if you're feeling shy, you can also find me on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So we'll be right back to get this conversation underway on 720 WGN. Seven twenty WGN. Hey there, it's Amy Guth, and this is the Saturday Night Special. Thanks for being with us tonight. As ever, we pick one big old topic and we spend the entire show talking about it and thinking about it and wrestling with it. And sometimes we land at a resolution, but usually we we just 
uh, maybe start up, we, we unearth more questions than we started with, and, but we learned some things in the process. And so tonight, that topic is all about tattoos and the history of body art. And we think about that as being, well, used to be like sailors and bikers got tattoos, and now lots of people get them. But in fact, as we will learn, uh, this has been part of cultural and religious identities and rites of passage from around the world for thousands and thousands of years. But when we think about it in a modern context, immediately there's some stuff that comes up. And I think one of the most popular one is, well, you can't, if you have a tattoo that's visible, it's going to be a hard time. You're going to have a hard time getting a job, which maybe, but that seems to be shifting a little bit. So here to talk with us about that, we have John Hudson, who is an HR and workplace expert with Slalom. And he has been on this program many times. He's contributed to the HR expertise to many, many things that we've talked we've talked about over the years. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Good evening. So when we think about tattoos and workplaces, it used to be that if you had anything visible, you are not getting a job. The end. But that's shifting because so many people seem to have them now. That's correct. Yeah. I, I think if you look uh, throughout the years, um, visible tattoos, that was you. That, that was a no-go, no-no. Yeah. You, you, you might as well... Uh, you know, come in in a tank top and, and <laughs> right. uh, cut off jeans, you have a better chance than having a visible tattoo. But yeah. I, I think with the, um, them becoming more mainstream now, uh, it is, is becoming more acceptable uh, in the workplace. Uh, but it's still, you know, there's still a little bit of ways to go. Yeah. And, and it seems like there's some, um, uh, right before the show, we were talking a bit about, about some of the companies that are mm-hmm. leading the charge there. And it's really some, some major global corporations that are really thinking about this in a different way of, of, you know, we're really limiting ourselves if we if we don't hire people with visible tattoos. Absolutely. You have uh, organizations like Whole Foods, uh, Ikea, Home Depot, Lowe's. Um, and it's not more of just showing tattoos. It's a broader inclusion and diversity mm-hmm. uh, initiative. You want people to come show up as their best selves. Uh, and, and that's the important part. And, and as you alluded to as well, with the amount of people that are now having tattoos, I mean, I'm, I'm going to drop the M word, the millennials. There's there's a stat that 38% of the millennials uh, now have tattoos. So oh, interesting. you're limiting your talent pool. If you have a policy that says either no tattoos, no visible tattoos, you, you're potentially limiting your talent pool as well. Right. And, and um, you, ha- you threw out some really interesting information that I was thrilled to learn, and that is um, Chicago is the sixth, fifth or sixth? Sixth. Sixth yeah. most tattooed city in the United States. That's correct. So we are a very tattoo-friendly city. San Francisco is number one. So I would guess. Yeah. yeah that's probably fair. Probably yeah. Austin is in there somewhere, it's, maybe. Uh, yeah. You know, I think it's, um, you know, I, I think it's interesting, though, here having... Having Chicago being number six and something good. So I wonder how many of them are sports teams related. <laughs> well, yeah. After uh, after after the World Series, we may have a few a uh, few more Cubs right. Cubs tattoos or people paying off some bets here. Some Sox fans as well. Well, there's that. You know, I've had I had someone on this program. Uh, let's see the when the Kansas City Royals were going to the World Series right. the first time. Um, they he said if someone will give me tickets because I want to take my dad. Someone will give me tickets. I think he said he would get, it was a unicorn tattoo, but he was going to replace the face of the unicorn with one of the players on his rear end if someone would give it. And he went. So I don't, I didn't directly ask if he made good on that bet, <laughs> but that was what he offered. And there's an example of having a, a tattoo in an area you can cover in the workplace. Sure. Hopefully anyway. Yes. Maybe the office Depends parties. on where you work. <laughs> 
right, right, indeed. So, so it, I mean, like we said, it used to be that you just that was there was kind of not only it was a no go as far as having a tattoo in the workplace. I think it carried with it some assumptions about mm-hmm. who you might be or what kind of person you might be. That that also seems to be shifting a lot too. Yeah, I think. Uh, way back when probably when my parents were were growing up and it was a long time ago you'd people that had tattoos there was a different stigma you know either they were criminals or or there was someone you know who would who would put a tattoo or do that to their body and uh that's obviously changing yeah um, throughout throughout i mean you turn on every any television you know every every athlete you know, i think it's pretty visible um you know from that standpoint uh, but I think you you go to a lot of industries, whether it's a restaurant industry, whether um, you know entertainment uh, in a creative industry. I think uh, the largest employer, and being the being the military, is one of the most um, tattooed at, at 36 uh, percent of the military. Um, is, they allow tattoos. Is tattooed. Is tattooed. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah. So uh, you know, of all the all the fields, the mil- military is the highest tattooed. Uh, and, organization. And was that always the case? Because I feel like here's the other thing I, mm-hmm. I want to talk about a lot tonight. And that is, I think there's so many false narratives about tattoos. People, that's just conjecture. People mm-hmm. think they know a lot of things about tattoos that are not quite right sometimes. And I think there's one um, that I've heard several people say about the military. And that is, um, you can't, something about you can't get one while after enlisting. And, you know, there's all this stuff around that. So, I mean, it, Thirty-six percent of the military is tattooed. I, I have to believe that can't be right. Well, and and again, if you go by that, you're, the military would be limiting their talent pool. Right. If they said you can't have a tattoo before you join, you know, there's I a lot think, of people with tattoos. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So right. Um, well, it is a really interesting topic, and I, I'm really interested in, in all the things we're going to be talking about tonight. But um, there is the exhibit at the Field Museum right now about tattoos and all these cool, you know, billboards all around town with cool tattoos on them. And and so I think part of the, you know, part of those narratives are, are really what I want to explore tonight a lot. Um, but but I think with that, we had to start here with, with the modern attitudes around them. I mean, even like I said in the opening monologue, I have a typewriter tattooed on my shoulder and I think I, I got, I was relatively unscathed in my family because my parents gave me the typewriter. So essentially like, you can't get mad. You gave me that, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. which they weren't. And I was also, you know, a grown woman when I got it too. I wasn't a kid or anything. Um, but I was interested. My grandfather's reaction was very interesting because he said, what, uh, you look like you got hit with a typewriter and that's all he really <laughs> said about it. But then some of the, I have some flowers around it too. And, 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 some of those flowers are, um, they're from his farm. They're crops that he grew. So again, you can't get mad if it's like homage to him, really. Yeah, right. I, I as well have yeah. a tattoo, okay. and it was over twenty years ago. And even then, you know, it was something you did in college. Uh, the reaction of family members and 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 those around was a lot different then than than would it be today than it would be today. And, you know, it kind of goes along even with that generation from yeah. piercings. You know, we're yeah. talking tattoos, yeah. piercings, and, uh, you know, I think those are things that used to be more taboo, especially when you look in the workplace, to yeah. something now becomes more mainstream. Right, for sure. And and I, I feel like I see a lot of this, too, a lot of memorial kind of tattoos, mm-hmm. where people will, um, I, I've seen a lot of women with, like, a pink ribbon, mm-hmm. um, either in for themselves or for in memorial of a, of a family member or something like that. I see a lot of people with, you know... You, when you see like dates on someone's arm, you know that there's some significance to that. And I think 
there there is still a bit of kind of a rite of passage piece mm-hmm. of that that um, that is interesting. But then I think when we're looking at workplace, then there is a line too where we just like we can't use hate speech in the workplace or sexist or racist language. You know, there's a there's a line there too. So I do wonder about people who. I'm immediately thinking of that movie, American History X, right? He had the big swastika tattoo, changed very much and regretted having it. Mm -hmm. And so at that point, you know, what do you do if you have, you know, tattoos and you've changed your thinking about something? You know, that's that's an ethical consideration, I think, there. Sure. And that's, you know, while employers are laxing their policies on that, one of the things they do stand firm, especially in in a lot of the research that's been done, is no offensive uh, Mm -hmm. tattoos, tattoos. something that could be seen as discriminatory or offensive. Those are still yeah, strict policies on that. Uh, there's now technology. Now a lot of money's being spent on those uh, regrettable tattoos, right. you know, and, yeah. and tattoo removal. So yeah, if you, that's one thing. It's permanent. It's with you. Uh, it can go away now and it'll cost you a heck of a lot more than it did to put it on. Um, but you know, those are things to consider too. I mean, it's anything that's visible, uh, you know, there is an art to it. There's mm-hmm. something that's beautiful about it, but it can tell a big story too. Sure. And if it's uh, and if it's something that is offensive, um, that's really going to limit your. Yeah, uh, there was a woman in. Uh, she was a barista at a, at a coffee shop I went into about a year ago, and she had many visible tattoos on her arms, but in one spot she had. Um, there was writing, and you could tell there was a piece of of tape covering the writing. Um, and, and the guy in line in front of me said, why are you covering up just one tattoo? I immediately thought when I saw it on her, I thought, oh, she, that's an injury. I didn't even think she was covering a tattoo, but the guy in line in front of me said something and she said, you know what? It's a symbol of somebody I used to be that I'm not anymore. Mm. And let's just leave it at that. And I thought that was, you know, that was a powerful thing to say that, that she, because indeed, if you had like foul language or something, Mm -hmm. you know, problematic or gang related or something, and then you change, you have to, at some point you've got to earn money to cover it, (laughs) you know, change that or do something with it. So I think there's a lot of stuff around tattoos and I think it is really, really interesting. And, um, and even, you know, it, we're a little bit later in the show, we're going to talk to a tattoo artist, but um, I, I talked to a couple of different tattoo artists leading up to the show tonight about what has changed, what what do people still think about tattoos that you, uh, that is just not true. And um, he said, uh, one of them that I talked to, he said, um, a lot of women over 60 are coming to me now because they're kind of like, eh whatever my kids are grown I don't care I'm just gonna do this and he said but yet so many of them said no I'm not a tattoo person don't get the wrong idea I want to do this but I'm not some biker chick you know Mm -hmm. so I think there's still some of that you know in our psyches a little bit in our minds so so we'll be exploring that but where do you um where do you see no evolution happening? You know, what companies or or, or industries are like not evolving there? I think uh, you still have a lot of conservative organizations. Um, Some of the research and things uh, that I was reading into where you have a very customer focused or uh, customer service organization where you are out in front of customers, uh, you start to see a lot more uh, restrictions. You know, if you are, you, you need to cover those. Um, if you have anything above the neckline, I think those become uh, a lot more restrictive. Um, you have some more conservative organizations that uh, that I think still are are having do have policies against that. Um, and there's still a way. I'm, I work in a consulting industry, and and a lot of our uh, our employees who do have tattoos 
are very aware though of go, when they're going to client meetings, when they're um, meeting clients for the first time, they're covered. They still understand, and I think a lot of people that do have tattoos realize people are still judging. You know, we have our conscious and unconscious bias that are that are with us all the time, and and while we want to express ourselves, we understand that not everybody in the room feels thinks the way we do, and and there's a lot of judging on that. So, yeah. uh, it, you know, I think a lot of the customer service organ uh, or organizations where people are in front of customers because they're still. You know, these companies do a lot of survey and research of their customers, and and um, people that could limit limit sure. their ability with that. Yeah, so. the the only judgment that I'm aware of that I've ever experienced as a result of my tattoo, I had a, a sundress on, and you mm-hmm. could see it there. It's on my shoulder, and um, someone said to me, someone with many tattoos said, "Oh, you don't seem like the kind of person that would have a tattoo." And it was kind of like, "Oh, you're cooler than I think." Yeah, <laughs> I like, exactly. Wait a minute. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah. I'm not so square. So, lots of stuff here as ever. We pick the one big topic and we start to unpack it a bit and and as we go, things emerge, topics, considerations, all these all these things reveal themselves. So, we're in studio with John Hudson. He is an HR and workplace expert with Slalom. He's hanging out with us tonight to talk about this big topic of tattoos. We're going to take a break, get you to news, but when we come back, we're talking with an anthropologist from Loyola University Chicago, and we're going to go way in the way back machine and talk about one of the earliest examples of tattoos from about 5,000 years ago. Back in just a bit on 720 WGN. Seven twenty WGN. It's Amy Guth, and this is the Saturday Night Special. Thanks for being with us tonight. As ever, we pick one big topic and start unpacking many, many different facets of it and see where we land by night's end. And tonight, that topic is tattoos and body art. And it is a really fascinating topic. We have John Hudson in studio with us. He is an HR and workplace expert. And we opened the show talking with him a bit about how some attitudes are shifting around tattoos. And so when we think about tattoos, we think of it as a very modern issue, very something that's... um. I don't want to say a first world problem, but certainly something that we we just wrestle with in our modern lives. But in fact, that could not be further from the truth. In fact, tattoos have been around for thousands of years and have many different meanings all around the world. We are joined now by phone by Dr. Kristen Krieger. She is an anthropologist at Loyola University Chicago, and she specializes in biological anthropology, and she does many, many fascinating things. I encourage you all to connect with her on social media because she has recently been live tweeting days of science and going about her day. That's really, really excellent. (laughs) Welcome to the program. Hi, Amy. How are you? Hi. Thanks for being with us tonight. It's so nice to hear your voice. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So when we think about tattoos around the world in many different cultures, we have to start at the beginning. And um, there there are so many. I mean, it's fascinating. You start reading about, you know, Maori culture and as a, as a beauty standard to tattoo the face. And we think about some religious rites of passage in, in Asian countries. And, and it gets very interesting. But what is what are some of the earliest um, examples of where we saw tattoos um, in in the in the picture with with early humans? Yeah, sure. So the earliest evidence of tattooing we have on mummified remains from the Alps, and specifically 
there is an individual that's about 5,300 years old. They call him Otzi, uh, Otzi the Iceman. And Otzi had 61 tattoos. So, so that, those 60, oh, I'm sorry. No, I was going to say that's quite a few. What did he have? What were they? Yeah, so interestingly enough, the vast majority of the 61 tattoos were parallel lines that were longitudinal to the body. There were two specific places where they were lines that were perpendicular to each other. So they were essentially crosses or X's. It depends on, on how you want to orient it on the body. And what's interesting about these 61 tattoos is where they're placed on the body. They're not necessarily places that you would see. So if you saw Otzi just, you know, hanging out in the upper Paleolithic, you wouldn't necessarily see them. So it wasn't necessarily something for other people to see or other people to recognize or something that would be associated with society or culture. But they are located in places of where Ochi had some, some, some joint diseases. So he had a lot of medical issues. But one of the things he had was degenerative joint disease. And where we find these tattoos are places where he, we see uh, evidence of those joint diseases. So the idea is that it was for therapy. It was a therapeutic purpose. Oh, it's, that's a very interesting one we hadn't considered. We were before we we got you on the phone. We were talking a bit about uh, tattoos in, in modern times and the various reasons people get them. But that is one we had not considered. I mean, I almost equate that as like, uh, um, well, what what would a modern equivalent be of a of a medical purpose tattoo? I mean, I almost think maybe acupuncture would be the closest I could think. Of. That's exactly what people have proposed. Is that perhaps. This is an early. Oh, we lost her. We're gonna we're gonna get her on the phone. Esteemed producer Lee Scram is gonna work on that and get her back here in a second. We lost her. Eh, modern modern cell times things, um, but w w until we get her back, there's re already an interesting moment there. I mean, because that is another tattoo area, John, that we had not considered, and that is, um, I have seen people with uh, with some medical tattoos before instead of like a medical alert bracelet of having like, uh, you know, I, I saw somebody that said like it had a uh, insulin kind mm -hmm. of notice on their like yeah. on their wrist. I saw, um, I saw a photo of someone who had a tattoo on his chest that that was indicating that he was HIV positive. Yeah. I mean, I've seen that kind of thing, which is sort of another interesting thing. I think we have Dr. Krieger back on the phone now. Did we find you? Yes, I'm back. There you go. I'm back. All right, good. All right, good, good. Um, so, so I I think that's very interesting that we were we were thinking about this maybe like a, a drawing a parallel with with acupuncture. Yeah, so there has been some research done examining tattooing acupuncture points and the therapeutic effects of that. Oh. And there was a new study that was just published last February by a, a team of scientists that examined Otzi's body with various photographic methods so that they were able to, to really see all the tattoo markings on his skin. And they they found one brand new tattoo, but it wasn't associated with a joint. And it was the only um, set of tattoos that weren't associated with a joint. It was found on his right chest. 
and it was his lower chest. And so some people think that perhaps it was still a therapeutic effect for something like a chest infection. He also had some parasitic infection, so perhaps it was something for, for whipworm or roundworm or some sort of um, parasite that he might have been carrying around. So there is some strong evidence that these early tattoos had a therapeutic purpose instead of a social one. That's very interesting. Where do we start seeing more social or rite of passage kind of tattoos starting to show up? Yeah, so it doesn't take too long. We start to see some earlier forms of um, kind of the, the social relationship about 500 years later. So right around 4,800 years ago, 4,500 years ago, we start seeing things that are more associated with um, kind of that 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 self, that individual person that is trying to negotiate a relationship with the society that's around them. So we start seeing it in the Andean mountains. We see things, symbolic things that we also find on their pottery, that we also find on pieces of art. So we're seeing um, commonalities in the in the symbolism between the tattoos and the material culture. Interesting. So it almost takes on like a protective amulet kind of quality to it. Absolutely. Exactly right. And, you know, we can we can talk about the various reasons why people tattoo, whether it's rite of passage, whether it's some form of protection, whether it's, as in OT's case, some sort of, of therapy. Um, very seldom, just like with cave art, very seldom do people ever say, oh, hey, we're just doodling. Right. right? So, so, so we can we can try to associate meaning to it, but it's very difficult, you know, being in the 21st century, it's very difficult to assign meaning in the past. Mm-hmm. I, I think too about some some religious specific things like the um, the Sakyant uh, tattoos that are in Thailand that are supposed to be incredibly painful with done with tiny little wooden sticks poking you over and over and that sounds very I know someone who has done this and said it was extremely extremely uncomfortable. Uh, in fact, he said I almost passed out. <laughs> it's very uncomfortable. And this is someone who has lots of tattoos, but it was about he kind of described. Um, that that you spend time with like a, a clergy person and they sort of work up this protective amulet and it's something that's kind of gone on for, for years and years. And I think that kind of part is very interesting because to me that seems the modern parallels become very apparent then with the, the reasons we tattoo and what we tattoo, whether it's a memorial thing or an object we hold very dear or a flower, or, you know, something like that. Then that, that starts to, to look more like modern use of tattoo. Absolutely. And in fact, you touched on a really important aspect of the the societal or the cultural aspect of tattooing is that there's two levels. There's the actual process of tattooing, which can have ritual or symbolic um, social status connected to it. And then there's the actual tattoo itself. So there's there's those two important levels to it, to the process. Right. And I, I start to think, uh, you know, as I said, we started the show by talking about this in a workplace setting. And we have our our HR expert here with us in studio tonight. And, and I'm looking for these modern parallels. And so I, the rite of passage part where we think of like um, warriors and things like that going and earning a tattoo and or, like I think literally earning a stripe. Um, I, I, I immediately think about what, what John said to us about the military. 36% of military personnel have tattoos. 
And I think that's an interesting parallel because it starts to look at that uh, kind of it's it, it, then it is like an earned a rite of passage. I did this. I had the you know, especially where it's a military based kind of tattoo. Oh, absolutely. And it, it reflects identity. I mean, when you think about tattoos, it, it has that, it, it shows identity. It helps to reinforce, it helps to construct the identity of the individual to the society or the particular group or even to the universe at times. Yeah. And what, what do you find in your work as an anthropologist? What, um, you know, I'm sure there are so many kind of popular narratives that make you cringe around the work that you do. But, but where, when it comes to body art, what, what are those that immediately, you know, you believe people probably have a little bit wrong? Well, I think um, probably, as I alluded to before, is that people assume with body art or with body modification or even with cave art that this is something that always has to have some sort of symbolic or religious meaning. And we see this even today in tattooing and, and the practice of tattooing and having tattoos and getting tattoos obviously is much more socially acceptable in the 20th century, 21st century. But even in the past, it's really difficult to ascribe specific reasons for why people chose to get a tattoo or why they chose to do the things that they did. And, and so I always, I always get a little nudgy when, when people start assigning meaning mm. to things that happened 5,000 years ago. We, we don't have that present worldview. We don't have that cultural worldview. So it's very difficult when people start assigning meaning to things and we don't know what that meaning really was. And, and that's the important aspect of the anthropology is that we try to examine cultures in their own right and, and in their own worldview, not within our own worldview, which, of course, is difficult, right? Yeah. But, um, but that's something that anthropology really strives to do. Yeah, that is a very, very good point. I think we could take that lesson to probably a lot of things <laughs> beyond tattoos. <laughs> yeah. like to a lot of... I tell my students, I say, okay, you're in 101, and this is a core class, and you have to take it, but how many of you are going to work with humans? And, of course, they all raise their hand. So I want them to appreciate how relevant anthropology can be to whatever it is they're studying or want to do with their careers. That's a very good point. That's an excellent point. Well, so I'm very interested in in something you mentioned, to rewind for a second, about the two parts of tattooing, the tattoo itself and the process of tattooing. And so when we think about our our Iceman, Otzi the Iceman, which, what does Otzi mean, by the way? Uh, Otzi is... the Oatsal Mountains, the Oatsal Alps. It's the very specific area in the Alps that he was found. Okay. It's a cute little name, Oatsy. I like it. (laughs) So when we think about Oatsy the the Iceman and and these other, you know, ancient peoples that that had some kind of body art, how was that accomplished at that time? Oh, great question. So if any of you are squeamish, you may want to plug (laughs) your ears. So essentially what they did, and we don't have implements from the time of Otsi, but judging from the skin that we have preserved, we can tell that there was an incision made in the upper layer of the epidermis and the Mm. upper layer of the skin. There was an incision, and some of these are, I mean, they vary in length, but they're anywhere from 7 to 40 millimeters. So they can be quite long. And they would make an incision in the upper layer and rub charcoal dust. 
in the incisions. Oh, so then it's healing back around the around the pigment of that. Exactly. So sometimes, you know, later on it was ink, but the early days it was charcoal dust that was primarily used. So I want to let you know that as you were describing that, I was cringing, everybody in the studio was cringing, and also people on Michigan Avenue listening were going, oh, what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) What are they talking about? But tattooing had to start somewhere, and that's how it was accomplished. It had to start somewhere, yeah. It makes you very appreciative for the modern tattooing. Right, right. And a little bit later, um, after 8.30, we're going to be talking with a a tattoo artist who's been tattooing for 25 years, and he's going to talk a little bit about how uh, it used to be kind of like you know, bikers and sailors, and now it's a much different clientele. So we'll be we'll be looking at this in, in other ways too. Well, this is all so fascinating. And where where do we often forget about when we think about tattoos around the world? I mean, I think immediately as I was doing research for tonight, I went to like the Maori culture with the facial tattoos, mm-hmm. and I thought about some of the kind of those full body traditional Japanese tattooing. But where do we see it? Maybe that we don't remember as often, or we don't think about as much, or maybe there's a different form of permanent body art that. We we saw? Um, well, we see tattooing on every continent except Antarctica, which is fascinating because it seems to have independently developed throughout the world. So this isn't something that necessarily spread from one area to another. Hmm. So obviously, this is a very important aspect of what it means to be human is, is having that symbolism and having that body art or having that modification. Um, but one of the things that, that we don't often think about is the many different ways that tattoos were applied to the body. So the different instruments or perhaps the, the different types of, of ink or pigment that was used, whether it be permanent or temporary, because sometimes you have you know, things like ochre that may have been used for temporary tattoos. Or like henna. Akin to like henna. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And so... We, we don't tend to think about if, if this developed in so many different areas of the world, there's all of these different types, there's all of this variation in the ways that it was done and the types that, that of, of instruments that may have been used. And when you have things like colonization or when you have early missionaries or you have acculturization, it signaled an end to those traditional practices. And so what you're starting to see is going back to the tradition, right? You talked about those traditional Thai tattoos or the Maori tattoos. There really is this resurgence that has to do with colonization and that has to do with a pushback against that colonization of those traditional practices coming back. And I think that's really important. Mm, That is a very good point. That's very, very interesting to think about that. And so what do you make of that? I'm sure you see that a lot in in your work as an anthropologist when things emerge independently around, around the world. I mean, every continent except Antarctica, which I assume is just people not wanting to show skin and that kind of weather. But when you have, you know, when you have this practice of of tattooing or anything emerging like that, what what do you make of that? That seems like a an interesting just developmental phenomenon. Yeah, it's it's the importance of symbolism. And one of the things that I stress and, and what I really think about in my research and in my teaching is what makes us human. And symbolism, the importance of symbolism and the importance of art and artistry is something that is clearly what makes us human, one of those things that makes us human. Mm, I like that.
like that very much. That is so interesting. See, there's so much here. We pick this topic of tattoos and we think about, you know, butterflies or, you know, barbed wire on a bicep, but indeed there's so much to it. <laughs> there's, there's a lot going on there and there's a lot of things. Well, I'm sure we're just scratching the surface. I know you do so much interesting work around, around ancient peoples, Neanderthals, archaic, and even recent modern humans. And so I appreciate you taking the time to share your knowledge with us tonight. Dr. Kristen Krieger, anthropologist at Loyola University, Chicago. Thank you so much, Amy. I really had a great time talking with you. Come back anytime. We always ask the question on this show, what makes people act that way? So you can always give us the the background (laughs) on the ancient peoples. So thank you so much for being with us tonight. All right. We are going to take a little break and get you to news, all that good stuff, back in just a bit here on 720 WGN. Seven twenty WGN. It's Amy Guth, and this is the Saturday Night Special. We are talking about tattoos, in particular, though we're talking about the history of body art. And we were just talking with Dr. Kristen Krieger, anthropologist at Loyola University Chicago, who was so fascinating and had so much in- interesting information about about tattoos around the world. and And I really like that she broke it down into two parts that that were significant in history, and that was both the tattoo itself and the process of tattooing. That is really really interesting to me. We also have John Hudson in studio with us. He is an HR and workplace expert. And so, John, as you were listening to Dr. Krieger, were there any modern parallels that you could think of with the with? I mean, I thought it was interesting the the fifty three hundred year old mummy, the idea of of having you know that it was like a, a medical because that was something we yeah. don't we don't see much of that that it was like acupuncture for him. Yeah. And then I, I think when she's talked, was it five hundred years later? You started to see more of that symbolism mm-hmm. where someone would put a piece of art that was meant something to them big stretch here but sure you do sometimes from an employer branding there have been a few stories where some employees have been very happy of where they work so they'll get a tattoo of their company oh no, yeah. oh, no. hopefully you're I, the founder of that organization because say, if they uh, <laughs> have a conversation with me and you leave you might have to get that uh i was gonna covered say up. you would feel real <laughs> stupid if you're like i love working here look i got a tattoo oh we called you in here actually to tell you that you know look i love working here so much and i've mm-hmm. i've I'm delighted every day that I walk in the door of Tribune Tower and mm-hmm. I stand here uh, and on the radio. But I don't, I don't believe I'm going to yeah. tattoo a WGM radio on myself. Well, those athletes that uh, get their team tattooed and they're traded and they're traded. Year. <laughs> right. But I mean, I think it's fair to say that you know, like mm-hmm. I, some of my tattoos around my typewriter that are botanical elements. It's state flowers. Mm-hmm. It's crops that were on my grandparents' farm. Yeah. Things like that. That. Even though they change, like I no longer live in that state, yeah. but it's it's a part of me, and I think that's you know that I was thinking of that when she was talking about that. That's where we start seeing identity emerge right. and things like that, and I think um, I think we see that now. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people now. I know a ton of people that have wrist tattoos yes. that are small, but there there's like a reminder mm-hmm. of something. You know, I know someone who just has a, a tiny yes on the inside of her forearm to remind her. She said, my default setting is always to say, no, I can't do that. But this is to remind me to say, yes, maybe I can. Mm-hmm. And that's beautiful and meaningful and probably not going to cost you a job. Well, and, and if you think about the wrist, like right here, yeah. I have my watch. Sure, you can. So I, I've talked to people that have the wrist tattoos and they're like, yeah, you know, A, I can cover it up with my watch, but I can see it every day. But there's yeah. still that element of you know, where you place that tattoo yeah. and thinking about that of, of the workplace. Um, I have a tattoo on the back of my neck. Um, 
and it's tiny, and I've never seen it with my two eyes. I mean, I've seen it in the mirror. It's on the back of your head. Yeah. So it's kind of funny. Like, once I got it, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm never going to see this, but other people will. Um, And it's a Harry Potter reference because I'm a big Harry Potter fan. Okay. Um, It's the three little stars. This is for super Harry Potter nerds. Super Potter nerds. Yeah. If you've read the books, there are three stars in the corner, top right corner and left corner of each page. So I got those. On my neck. Oh, look at you! Um, to represent my mom, dad, and brother. So that's nice. And yeah. so it's behind. It's in the back of yeah. your head. Mm-hmm. So Which you could cover with your hair. I can cover hair. it exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, like my grandma has not seen it yet. I hope your grandma's not listening. Hi, grandma. <laughs> Hi, Grams. It's temporary. Little <laughs> Angel has the tattoo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it is interesting, and most people I know have them that that are. I, I got this in memorial of somebody or because of this thing changed my life. And I was really thinking a lot of that when, when mm-hmm. Dr. Krieger was talking, because that seems the way that's where we started to see it emerge. Right. That, that, and we still do that. And that's a, that's a, to me, that's a very short mm-hmm. line to the modern parallel. Um, it, it is interesting though, that now tattoos are so, so prevalent. I mean, mm-hmm. I see them all the time that we start seeing kind of silly ones. I mean, I think of that show jackass that had yeah. those guys that were just getting, like a guy got his own face tattooed on his back you know, yeah. just because he could right then. Like the impulsive tattoo, yeah. that could go badly. It could go great. It could go fine. Um, I, th- there's still, I think, a little narrative that, that um, there's a belief anyway that everyone regrets their tattoo mm-hmm. that I think is not fair at all yeah. because I... I've had mine a long time. I love it. I think yep. it's great. I've, I love it more as time goes by. In fact, I've had it touched up to show it up. I That's mean, great. you know, but I, I mean, I've met somebody like people that have said like, oh, I got like, you know, got drunk and got my fraternity letters on my ankle, you know, things like that. I could see that being regrettable, but I think if it's meaningful, go for it. Yep. And to me, and I was thinking this too, while Dr. Krieger was talking, and that is, um, I was a little unsure and I overthought tattoos very much until one day I thought, you know what? All this is temporary. The yep. shell is going to, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Not, nothing about the shell is permanent. We're, we're all going to be dust eventually. And, you know, might as well decorate the temple a little bit and have fun while, we, while we're here. So we're talking about tattoos tonight. And as you can tell, just from hour one, there's a lot here. There's a lot here that stretches back at least, at least 5,300 years in the past. So lots of things to consider, lots of interesting topics that are already emerging. We'll be right back here. Seven twenty WGM. It's Amy Guth, and this is the Saturday Night Special. Thanks for being with us and sharing part of your Saturday with me. Coming up here in a bit, we're going to chat with somebody from the Field Museum. They've got that big tattoo exhibit going, so we're going to chat with uh, a project manager from there in just a bit. We have John Hudson in studio with us. He is an HR and workplace expert. He's helping us talk about tattoos because that is the big topic tonight. It's all about tattoos. A little bit earlier before news, we were talking with Dr. Kristen Krieger, an anthropologist at Loyola University Chicago. And she brought up so many interesting things that I thought were really, really fascinating. But I have to call myself out here just a bit because because I was talking about, uh, I don't remember why I said it, but, but I was... Regret. It we were talking regret. about regret. Uh, oh, because I said there's a narrative mm-hmm. sometimes that people assume you will regret your tattoo. I was thinking of a particular person when I said that who got his fraternity letters very big on his ankle with flames behind it. And he regretted doing so terribly much later um, and tried to tried to remove it. And it 
didn't really go away. It just looks like a scar in the shape of that, you know. So I, I say that because no sooner did I go to break, but then I realized I had, I, I might have slighted my guest here because it turns out that HR expert John Hudson has, in fact, his fraternity letters tattooed on his ankle, but you don't regret them. No, 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 not at all. And even a, a funny story around that, um, in 2009 was on uh, on a trip and we were in Athens, Greece. Hot, it's July, 100 degrees, we're at the Parthenon, I'm walking around and, and a guy comes up to me and he says, hey, are you, you know, are you a sick up? And I kind of look like, around and I was like, oh my gosh, I look at my shirt, I was like, I haven't worn a fraternity shirt in 20 years. And he goes, hey, I see the tattoo on your ankle. I go, okay, now this is even creepier because right. what are you doing looking? <laughs> Way it's to be checking not me that out. big. Right. Uh, he said, I'm here with a bunch of SIGEP uh, college students from around the United States. And we're doing, you know, doing a balanced man educational program, taking it back to ancient Greece. I say, oh, that's great. And he asked where I was from or what, what chapter and what school. And I said, oh, I was Indiana University. He said, do you know this guy? I go, Absolutely. And he goes, and you were there at the same time. He goes, let's go talk right now to him. <laughs> Here I am halfway around the world and I run into a guy that I went to college with and uh, all because I had my tattoo. So that's see, that's interesting. And that I, I, there's a, a very quick parallel in my mind of I mean, it's like identification in a way, mm -hmm. you know, in your case, it was a fraternity, which yeah. is like, here's all these chapters that have met up in Greece. Yeah. But I, I mean, I think. Like when people see mine, if, if they see my shoulder, they see a tattoo of a typewriter and they're like, oh, you must be a writer. And I like, well, I'm a journalist. And, you know, and immediately it's it's identification. It kind of announces you mm -hmm. a little bit. Now, sometimes I see some weird ones. I saw somebody one time with a blender on his arm. And I said, oh, are you a bartender? Mm -hmm. And he's like, nope. Love smoothies. I said, are you, what's it? Do you own a blender company? And he said, no, I just wanted a tattoo no one else would have. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess there's that too. Hey, right. right. Uh, yeah. So there's that. But I, I am endlessly fascinated by this topic. And, and I really love, in all the topics that we dig up, um, that we dig up here on the program, I love to make parallels between um, uh, like a historic example and a modern example. And I think that we've already seen many of these as we were talking with our, our anthropology professor. And, and I think that's, that's so interesting. But you, you found this interesting chart that I want to talk through. Mm -hmm. It's like this, um, it's from Business Insider. And it's a... Ode to the infographic, how I love them. So I don't know what the audio equivalent of the infographic is, but this is a very cool one. It has lots of interesting data. Um, one of them is about 14% uh, of people with tattoos regret their decision to get a tattoo. So I, I, I that's the one I kind of bristle at mm -hmm. because, I mean, 14 is a pretty low number. But um, I think I, the people I know that regret their tattoos, um, the aforementioned fraternity mm -hmm. letters because mm -hmm. he put flames behind them. Um, <laughs> But then I, I know two other people that regret tattoos, but they don't regret getting the tattoo or what it is. They regret the quality. Hmm. They were like, oh, mm -hmm. but this person told me 25 bucks would be okay. And so I went with that and it looks really terrible. Yeah. And it, you know, there's that. Yeah. There's that part. Um, but when it comes to HR, like here's some, this, all of these are really, really interesting as we're looking at. Um, there's a percep the perception that tattoos are inappropriate in the workplace mm -hmm. by region. It is, um, it's not very low right here in the Midwest. 46% believe it is inappropriate in the mm -hmm. workplace. Um, it's, uh, you got a little bit better odds on the coast. Mm -hmm. So, so Pacific coast, 36%, New England, 36%, mid Atlantic, 38%. Um, 
west, south, central, you have 55%. In the South Atlantic, 48%. Like, those are pretty big, you know, pretty big numbers. But I would wonder, too, about what what workplace, mm-hmm. it, how we're defining workplace. Because, like, if, if you're talking about, like, a financial mm-hmm. industry where you have to wear very formal business attire, that mm-hmm. might be a little different than if you're working, like... I don't know, you're managing a marina and a bait shop or something, you know, I think there's going to be very different expectations of what professional looks like. I think, um, again, this is a, an interesting, um, an interesting infographic. You can find it at businessinsider.com. Um, 73% of people claim they would hire staff that had visible tattoos. Has that ever been an issue for you in your HR career? Mm -hmm. Have you ever worked in a place where it was, you had to have a conversation with someone about a tattoo? I have not. Um, and I've worked for some very conservative organizations okay. and, and very progressive, but it has never been been a topic uh, around tattoos. Conversations about other, other sure. things. A slew uh, of other oh, issues, yeah, that but, whole but never, office but, party thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. yeah, but never never about tattoos. Okay. Um, and, and again, I alluded to it earlier. I think a lot of people with tattoos do understand there's a stigma that comes with mm-hmm. that, and they're very uh, cautious, if you will. Um, until they get to really know the employer. I mean, usually you, you'll see that in, in an interview. You got the either the coat and tie or the shirt is down. If they are, uh, they do have tattoos. It's it's rare that they come in with that. Um, at least in my experience, until they get the job and also just get familiar with the organization. So uh, also on this list, there's a, a 36 most tattoo-friendly U.S. companies. We named a few already. We talked about some of them, uh, Whole Foods, Sally Beauty Supply, Hot Topic, Trader Joe's, Borders Books, Target, Claire's Boutique, uh, Piercing Pagoda. I would hope that they're good with <laughs> body art of certain kinds. Uh, let's see, Burlington Coat Factory, Albertsons, Big Lots, Barnes & Noble, Ikea, Forever 21. Lots of big, big, you know, brands that we've we've seen. Uh, MAC Cosmetics. I've, I've, I feel like I've never seen anyone work at MAC that doesn't have tattoos on them. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I think that's very interesting. But then when we when we we also look at other data, zero states have laws protecting mm-hmm. people with tattoos from discrimination in company hiring. Do you think that that will become a legislative issue at some point? I mean, it seems it's so far down the priority list at this point with yeah. so many things going on in the world and in the country politically and, mm-hmm. and all that. But but it is an interesting point. And I, I mean, it stands to reason that at some point there might be some precedent setting case. Potentially um, where you see those protections, though, are with, with the Civil Rights Act um, of 1964 uh, with uh, discriminatory practices. So they may not put a law in that says you can't discriminate because of a tattoo. But if you start discriminating because of either someone's race or background that has a tattoo or say, for instance, no tattoos written in Spanish, you mm-hmm. are discriminating based on someone's national origin. Oh, that's So yeah. while there may not be the protections of uh, tattoo specific, you do, I think there's a broader ground and, and some, some areas there where uh, there are some protections, but it Will we get to the point that, you know, I'm sure somebody somewhere will bring up a case that mm-hmm. says I was discriminated against because I had a tattoo, um, but I don't foresee any statutes coming in. Very we got soon. so many things to deal with before we get to that point. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll be, yeah. so many things. <laughs> We've got we got travel stuff and we got immigration stuff mm-hmm. and we got White House stuff. We're not talking about politics tonight, my friends. 
so much to talk about. All right, we're going to take a little break. This is the Saturday Night Special, and I'm Amy Guth, and we're talking all about tattoos and body art and the history of them and looking at their modern equivalents tonight. Lots of stuff here in a surprisingly complicated topic, really. Back in just a bit on 720 WGN. Seven twenty WGN. It's the Saturday night special. I'm Amy Booth. If you have been digging the music tonight that we've been playing when we come back from break, as much as I have, you can find all that. It is a local company called Palettes Music Collective. You can find all their work on SoundCloud. It's so beautiful and dreamy. I just love it. So you want to support them for sure and all the cool work that they're doing. So we're talking about tattoos tonight and body art and the history of body art. In a little bit, we're going to talk with a tattoo artist and about how um, all, well, so many questions for him, so many questions, particularly about um, how his his 25 years doing tattoos, how he's probably seen a lot of things, done a lot of very interesting things, and uh, and uh, where he, you know, I'm sure the tattoo customer has changed over time. But also hanging out in studio with us, we have John Hudson. He's an HR and workplace expert. We have had him on the program many times. Anytime we need to know about how something shakes out in the workplace, we go and get him. So we're happy to have him with us tonight, too. Um, I think, you know, what something you said right before the break, John, that was really interesting about um, about tattoos and other languages. I think mm-hmm. that's a, another interesting uh, piece to consider in a couple of different ways. One, if it's just a word and pretty script, something like that, that I could understand an employer saying, I, I, I don't know that language, is it a swear mm-hmm. word? I need to know that yeah. in case someone walks in here with that, with that, that speaks that language. The other one, here's where I think this, we run into this a lot, and that is a lot of people have Asian characters tattooed on them that think they mean one thing. And they do not mean that. That is, a, I feel like that's an urban legend at this point. But I have personally witnessed somebody do this. Years ago, I, I bartended at this place. And, and there was somebody there who also worked there. And she had just gotten her master's in Japanese. And, and this regular customer came in. And she had these tattoos on her neck. And she said it meant like, you know, life, live, love, whatever, laugh, something really happy sounding and 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 I look at my coworker and I can just see her face just drop and she leaves she goes in the back and I don't see her for a while and then um, I run in the back for something and she's like that woman I really hope she never sets foot in Japan because that's not what her tattoo means it it in fact is not even sensical it said something like you know like duck monkey rainbow like it meant nothing it was just these like but it was beautiful letters it just meant nothing so i think there's something to be you know there's there's some consideration there around foreign languages to tattoo on your body my rule of that is do not or or if you're going to tattoo another language on your body perhaps have a native speaker do it sure (laughs) well that's a great question to ask our our next guest yes what are the ethics of a tattoo artist? Do they yeah. have to do, do they listen to what the customer says or, hey, this tattoo means this? And are they <laughs> translating or is it whatever the customer says that the customer gets? That's and, a, yeah. I, I mean, I, I've seen posted in a tattoo place, like we won't, um, we won't do anything with hate speech or anything mm-hmm. like that, which I think that's important sure. to, to post something like that. Um, you know, I, I think, 
I saw a tattoo artist um, on Twitter talking about feeling so uncomfortable. He's a White Sox fan, and he was feeling uncomfortable doing all these Cubs tattoos yeah. <laughs> after the World Series win. I was just like, well, how do I, how do I manage this? <laughs> well, the money is still green. That's so. right. That's right. Yeah. Goats, wins, whatever. Money is still green. Yeah. Do, you, do you remember that commercial? This is like 10 years ago of uh, like a a Cubs fans getting like a tattoo on his back and, and he's like all excited, you know, and then you look, they pan up and it's like a socks tattoo, the mm-hmm. tattoo artist. Oh, no, I don't remember that. That's a good one. I don't even one. remember what the commercial was for, but. That's a good one. It's rough. Yeah. I mean, there there's a lot of considerations around these, and these are all questions we will have for our tattoo artist. Um, but I also think, you know, kind of a deeper point here, thinking about words in other languages, things like that, and, and as you're talking about uh, workplace and kind of precedent-setting mm-hmm. issues, I mean, we've talked about... Um, the meaning of tattoos in other cultures Mm -hmm. and we've done so thinking about them in the past we haven't really thought about in modern times Mm -hmm. and if we think about i mean maori culture i keep going to that one but that's a really visible example because there's facial tattooing for men and women for women in particular it's like the nose nose and mouth and chin area which there's no hiding that if you have that tattoo it's right there in your face so on some level i mean i think that's an interesting point of consideration you know if you if that's such a part of your cultural identity and, and it's not like, you know, uh, I got my, you know, mom's name on my sure. arm. It's something deeper and it's about a rite of passage and, and even a beauty standard mm-hmm. in another culture. I think that's an interesting point in the workplace. And I think there could be ways that as you're in, if, if you do have either a cultural tattoo or something that means something, um, you can weave that into your story as you're interviewing, um, you know, we ask HR people ask some of the silliest questions at times, um, but also there are some very thoughtful questions, mm-hmm. and and that could be part of it um, yeah. to be able to weave that in as as you know, hey, this wasn't a you know, like you said a crazy weekend in Vegas. Right. There's there's some meaning this around this. And this is a heritage. This is an identity for me that I think can be very powerful as well. Yeah, yeah. Are there any any areas where it gets very um, or, or not areas very. Um, uh, industries in particular mm-hmm. where where this is a really interesting consideration of, of a visible tattoo more than other i mean we've talked about conservative environments mm-hmm. and things like that but 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 what about you know uh, are there environments and, and industries we haven't really touched on yet that perhaps have a whole other set of considerations there either from a positive or from yeah, yeah. positive or negative uh well i think we mentioned a, a couple of those companies um that sometimes that that's a part of of the identity of the people um, in in their organization, um, and they value that. Uh, you know, whether it's a, a creative agency, I think we saw some of the cosmetics, and mm-hmm. and uh, you see some of the hotel and industry uh, that that value that. Um, but I, you know, we haven't. I don't know if we've touched on some that just still have, uh, you know, a strict policy against it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm sure there. I, you know, I can. I don't want to call out different yeah, industries, sure, but, sure. Uh, you know, I think some of your more uh, conservative and I worked for a conservative in- insurance industry that mm-hmm. that probably would still to this day have have a little more. Um, Maybe bristle. Yeah. That a little. Yeah. And, yeah. And but I I do also think that as you're interviewing for I'm going to choose where I'm, I'm going to do my research on a company I'm going to work for. And. If I'm some, if something that's important to me, and I, there's so much information out there, and if I find out that it's not a tattoo friendly or not right. a very uh, inclusive culture, I'm not going to go work there anyway. Go work there. So, yeah. so yeah. you know, I think you tend to, um, 
you're attracted to companies that are like you and uh you know so you're probably not going to roll into that that organization if if you already know right. there's going to be a hide. stigma or a strike against you that that's not you know you're looking at organizations that want people to come and show up as their best self yeah. and if you feel you can't you're not going to make a decision to work there anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think there's a lot of interesting considerations here around tattoos. I mean, say that you had a tattoo that, that, and maybe it was a tattoo-friendly environment even, mm-hmm. but say that you had a tattoo that hinted or, or, or you know, say, say you had a pride flag. Sure. Right. That mm-hmm. some therefore you're you're conveying a big part of your identity. Right. You're you know you're you're talking about your sexual orientation that mm-hmm. way, and I mean there's. That gets into a really tricky area then sure. if you're interviewing and, and suddenly you're, you've kind of let maybe your age or your, you know, your, your mm-hmm. sexual orientation become clear right. in, a, in a subtle or not so subtle visual way but not saying it, then that becomes an interesting HR issue too. Yeah, well, I mean, we've, we've talked a little bit about the literal sense of covering mm-hmm. a tattoo, yeah. but there is a big thing in the workplace now of... Um, where people cover an identity or something about themselves, yeah. um, as you mentioned, sexual orientation, uh, single moms, um, you know, something that, uh, you know, is a part of you that you may not feel comfortable sharing sure. in the workplace that we cover. And and it keeps us from performing at our best, uh, feeling comfortable, showing up as our best selves. Um, and that's a big, that's a big thing right now that that organizations are dealing with of, of understanding all these things that people may be covering yeah, and, and not just with the sleeve of a tattoo, but right. what are, it, it's an identity or something about them that's holding them back in the mm-hmm. workplace. Yeah. I mean, that, that is a really interesting point because you, you can't just walk into a job interview and just say everything about yourself. You don't want to mm-hmm. be TMI, sure. not just for, for legal purposes, but just, I think anybody, I mean, as simple as how are you today? And if mm-hmm. someone tells you 10 minutes worth of information, even that might be like, okay, back yeah. it up, you know, yeah. but you know, you want to put your best self forward. And indeed, as companies are thinking more about authenticity, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a word that comes up so much. And we want this, we don't want this homogenous workforce. We mm-hmm. want a variety of people with, from a variety of backgrounds and we want everyone to be their full selves. You know, I think there's a tricky balance mm-hmm. there in the hiring process because if you don't get a job and you've been your full self, you you know, yeah. there's potentially some contentious conversations yeah. to have after that. Yeah. And you know, I touched on it before. We all have our our biases, um, and many are very unconscious, yeah. and um, we're not aware that somebody saying something about themselves would cause us to potentially be um, either discriminatory or make a decision that. Uh, uh, it wasn't wasn't favorable for that person. Yeah, yeah. There was a we were mentioning earlier this this infographic from Business Insider um, about how it has all this interesting data about tattoos in the in the workplace and and there was one in there. There was one piece of information I thought was really interesting, kind of towards the top about um, tattoo a visible tattoo being the third cited. Um, reason for you know a physical thing that people were hiring managers were citing as something that was kind of a Mm non-starter so it's 37 percent of hr managers cite tattoos um, as the third most likely physical attribute that Mm -hmm. limits career potential and immediately i kind of when i saw that i bristled and i thought oh it must be some i I don't want to know what the first and second are but but it it perhaps was less Less bad than I originally thought. Yeah, and and those other two would be grooming and and appearance from your clothing. Sure. And, you, know, you, I'm a big 
it, it doesn't take too much to get right. an iron and, and some Niagara starch or, uh, you know, to shave. Um, or or in my house, that, that just means uh, spraying it with Febreze and putting it in the dryer. But that whatever. Works. You want to iron, that's your business. Hot shower. <laughs> you know, put your yeah, shirt in there the shirt for 10 minutes. Never done that before. Yeah, right. <laughs> but right. no, those are, uh, you know, because. So it's more controllable yes. things. I mean, I saw that and I, re- I immediately thought, oh, is this about, you know, like a, a gender or race or is this mm. discriminatory? Mm. But in fact, it's it's controllable. Yeah, I mean, it, it goes along with that visible tattoo. It's mm-hmm. it's how is this person going to present themselves, especially if I'm a customer service organization, yeah. I'm selling a product. Yeah. How is this person going to show up? Yeah. And and whether we like it or not, there is that that first uh, we make a first judgment on someone's appearance when they walk yeah. in. So yeah. when you, you people are looking at at your grooming, they're looking at your suit. Is it pressed? Is your does it look like you just pulled it out of the hamper? I mean, those things are they matter. Yeah, they, they, they count. Do. Yeah, I also wonder too. And we we got to go to news here in a second, but I, I I can't help but think about the way the culinary world has changed mm-hmm. a lot because I know a lot of chefs with a lot of tattoos, mm-hmm. and 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 as the Food Network has kind mm-hmm. of made chefs these kind of rock stars, uh, I think that's interesting because chefs used to. I mean, I come from a restaurant family, and it yeah. was you were back in the kitchen and now you know it's there's an expectation of the chef being out there even if it's a fine dining there's an expectation of being out Mm -hmm. there and uh, you know when you've got full sleeves of food tattoos all over you know there's there's that too I think I think again tattoos are I think far more accepted than they were Mm -hmm. um, at least in this country in years past but Yeah, there's still a ways to go. All right, so we're talking about tattoos tonight. We have John Hudson in studio with us. He is an HR and workplace expert. And on the other side of news, we are going to be talking with a tattoo artist and owner of a tattoo shop right here in Chicago. And we will continue this conversation all about body art on 720 WGN. Hey there, it's Amy Guth. Thanks for spending part of your Saturday with me. I'm always grateful to you for that. As ever, here on the Saturday Night Special, we pick one big topic and we talk about it all night long. And we usually close out the show with more questions than we started with, certainly more questions and answers, because we start peeling away these layers of this of these single topic shows and lots of considerations emerge. And tonight is no exception, even though the topic seems pretty straightforward. Tonight we're talking about tattoos and body art and seems like a pretty straightforward thing. But indeed, as we have been going through the program tonight, all kind of interesting considerations Considerations have emerged. We have John Hudson, who is an HR and workplace expert. He's been in studio with us tonight, and we've thought about many legal and workplace considerations. We were joined a little bit earlier by Dr. Kristen Krieger, an anthropologist at Loyola University Chicago, who talked about early examples of tattoos, what they meant around the world in different cultures, and what they mean now. Very interesting stuff there. And we were going to speak with someone from the Field Museum, but they we got some voicemail. That's okay. It happens. It happens. People get busy. Life happens. So we'll talk to them another time. But indeed, uh, we were going to talk about the exhibit happening at the Field Museum. And now we're joined by a tattoo artist himself. Benoit is here. He's uh, an artist and the owner of Deluxe Tattoo right here in Chicago. Thanks for being with us tonight. My pleasure. Wow. So lots of things that we have talked about, many, many different aspects of tattooing. And and what I first want to know, I have so many questions for you, but the first yeah. one that I would like to know is, what are the, um, well, how has the narrative changed around tattooing over the years? You've been at it for 25 years, but also what are some misconceptions people still have about what who gets a tattoo and what they are and what they involve? 
I think the main thing that people are learning is the, the rules are out the window. Yeah. You know, that everyone feels like this guy can only have this tattoo, that guy can only get this, you can't do this, you can't. It's all out the window. Yeah. Um, you know, you see some very ridiculous things. You see some things that even baffle my mind, <laughs> you know. Um, one of the stories I tell recently is there's a coffee shop. I go to buy my house and I went in. There's a young girl, you know, barista, whatever, and she's got tattoos, but she has four dots under each eye on her face. And it's very young. And this is the weird thing about this. Um, it didn't even strike me until about two, three blocks away. I was driving and I'm like, Oh my God, that girl's like 23 and she's got dots all over her face. You know, like it's just so common now that I did. I just didn't even phase right. me at the time. Right. You know? So it's, it struck me more because it didn't phase me mm-hmm. than that she actually had it. You know? Sure. Sure. And w- which kind of speaks to an interesting, uh, an interesting point of consideration. And that is the ethical piece of tattooing. I mean, yes. I-, I have seen, I have, my share of tattoos and uh, I have seen in in shops the uh, something posted about you know we we refuse you know we won't do any kind of hate speech or or things like that Um, but but then there are things like that like a a very young person wanting a face tattoo things like that anybody comes in that wants something that we all think is just like not gonna fly we won't do yeah Um, but that varies from person to person you have people in the same shop that one person will do it one person won't you know as the owner it's kind of hard because I don't want to tell someone that they can't do something. But there's been situations where I have had to tell somebody, right. no. Uh, one scenario, oh, my God, this girl came in that worked at a local um, White Hen. We used to have those here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she's very young. And uh, she came with her mom, and she wanted to get a tattoo. And one of the guys who works for me was going to do it. And I see him drawing up this name. And I was, like, kind of kidding with him. Like, oh, is that going to go on her neck? Ha-ha. Well, then I'm tattooing. I look over, and he's putting a stencil on her neck. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, a deer in the headlights. I was, like, oh, my God. What is he doing to her? And uh, he did the tattoo. And afterwards, we're all, like, why would you put that on her neck? She's so young. She had, like, no tattoos. And his assurance was, no, 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 it's okay. It's for it's his girl, her girlfriend's name who's in the hospital dying of cancer. And we're just, like, oh, my God, dude. Why oh, would you right. do that to this young girl? <laughs> right. Now she has that forever. Right. Shelf life of that tattoo, 45 minutes. Apparently, she went to the hospital and showed it to her girlfriend who dumped her on the spot. <gasps> oh, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's So, that. you know, I think the longer you've been tattooing, the more you kind of hear those stories sure. and you develop an aversion to wanting to put somebody in that scenario. Yeah. There's definitely people in this industry that just don't care. Really? We'll do whatever, people. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's not... I'm not going to do it. Right. And, you know, we'll even tell people, hey, there's other places that will do it. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't want to do I'm it. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is when someone wants something, they're going to ask you the same thing every single way they can think of asking, hoping for a different answer. And you just have to tell them, like, not going to happen. Yeah. I think another thing that comes up a lot is, uh, and this is just from sitting in tattoo places where I have been sitting there for hours at a time, hearing someone answer the phone. Um, I feel like every hour... I would hear calls coming in asking about like, what's the cheapest tattoo I can get? And I just feel like that's not a place you, that's not a spot you want to bargain Well, again, shop. you know, you have different motivations. Sure. You know, I mean, some people are going to have a very well thought out, you know, thing they're going to, they're jumping in the deep end. Yeah. You know, they're getting into this life commitment. Some people and their friends are just sitting around like, I want a tattoo. Let's do this right now. You know. Yeah. So 
you know, who's to say that that's invalid? Right. Well, indeed. So what brought you into the tattoo world? Because you started a slightly different path or at least a different canvas and, and, and made this switch at some point. Yeah, I kind of I grew up working at a comic book store and I was very motivated. That's kind of the field I wanted to get into. And the more I saw and talked to people that were in that field, it just did not look very what I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And so then I was kind of, you know, well, what am I going to do now? And so then uh, my whole family is involved with education system, teachers and such. And so I was going to be an art teacher, maybe. Uh, UIC kind of ended that for me. It was kind of, I'll get into that story. <laughs> but then um, I had an offer to tattoo from a friend of mine who was a tattoo artist who I got a tattoo from. He liked my artwork and gave me the opportunity so when I took the opportunity, it was more of a why not than a why. Okay. It was like everything else kind of not working the way I want. And I'm like 19 at the time, 18 at the time. So, you know, <laughs> what do I know? But uh, I decided to try and go for it. Mm-hmm. And um, it definitely did not end up being what I anticipated it to be. At that time, tattooing was very limited. Um, the things that have made big strides in the tattoo community has been media. You know, first the magazines then the websites and the TV shows. Every time that these would bring more of tattoo into the world, it would bring back in a whole new crop of people that would see this stuff and say, oh, I could one-up that or I could do better than that. And then they get involved. And it's been exponential, mm-hmm. you know, especially in the last 10 years with the internet, the TV shows, sure. you know, uh, the Instagrams and all this. It's yeah. been amazing, yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you about those. When you see... Uh, when you see one of those like reality shows about about a tattoo place or a tattoo artist, do they make you cringe in the way I, that I like, just don't watch them? You don't. Watch I know them. <laughs> people that have been on them, and yeah. um, they've actually filmed at our shop, and okay. I've been front row for it. And a lot of it is actually produced. A lot of it is quote yeah. unquote written, where yeah. they'll tell you, "I want you to say this." I mean, I don't, again, this is another story I can get into for sure. a very long time. Right. <laughs> right. But yeah, I can't. I don't buy into any of that stuff. Well, I think it's anytime we see our our own profession represented on television, it's hard to you're like, eh, that's not how the newsroom works. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, no, it is that way because of the way you know the media companies work. Yeah. Um, podcasts are a big example of people that have sidestepped that and said, I don't need to have a you know approval from a room full of people telling me what I can and can't do. Mm-hmm. I can just get this stuff and do it myself. Sure. And, you know, it's exploded as a result. Yeah. Or you can have a show on WGN Radio. and mm-hmm. Be fortunate like yourself and <laughs> do what you think, want to do. I don't mm-hmm. think I've ever gut-checked a topic. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Well, and so, so we, we are talking with tattoo artist and owner of Deluxe Tattoo, Ben Wah. We also have John Hudson in studio, who's an HR and workplace expert. We're talking all about tattoos tonight. When we come back, I want to talk a little more about the changing attitudes around tattoos. We're going to take a quick break. Back in just a bit on 720 W. And 20 WGN. Hey there, it's Amy Guth, and this is a Saturday night special. Thanks for being with us tonight. All this very dreamy, lovely music is from Palettes Music Collective. You can find them on SoundCloud. It's all very lovely. So we've been playing around with that tonight. So we're talking, as ever, we pick the one big topic and we talk about it all night. We've been talking about tattoos and body art. We've talked with an anthropologist. We have our HR and workplace expert, John Hudson, in studio with us. And we have Ben Wah here. He is a tattoo artist and owner of Deluxe Tattoo here in Chicago. He's been getting and giving, getting and giving tattoos for 20 
25 years. And uh, there's a lot of stuff here. I wish we had another hour. I feel like we're just kind of scratching the surface as ever. I always feel that way at the, towards the end of the show. Um, but a little bit earlier in the, in the program, we were talking about... Um, of course, workplace stuff, but also foreign language tattoos and the importance of um, not relying on Google for those because of how south that can go. Um, and how do you deal with that in your shop when you have someone coming in with a phrase? How do you- we can only uh, try to get the customer to understand as much as we can that you know Google is not an absolute source. Right. We've actually had an artist in from France while somebody brought in a phrase in French. They got off Google and he looked at it and told them it was basically baby babble that it didn't mean anything and the person resisted that this guy would know more than google even though the guy grew up in paris oh boy did he end up getting the tattoo he got the correct one we actually had another guy who was a french professor who got a phrase in french and uh, i was sitting right there when the artist said to him now listen i don't speak french so you have to make sure there's 100 percent right he was insulted he was like of course it's right shelf life 20 minutes no 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 <laughs> put it on put it on the instagram some instantly told him it was wrong he called us and that's it there's nothing we could do no yeah i mean so you know even people in the educational field you try to tell them and then you know you were mentioning japanese tattoos yeah. japanese writing is actually defined by the thickness of right. the stroke or how thin it is so people don't realize when you do that type of writing that you can't just i hand drew it from what i saw on the computer screen yeah. i mean it has to be perfect yeah and uh people don't realize that so if you play around with those strokes and make them too thick or thin you're changing the meaning yeah you're saying something totally different in the instance of a 20 minute shelf life uh tattoo ben what what happens there oh in the ins- yeah in the instance of a 20 minute well yeah when, when you ha- immediately regret your tattoo how do you what do you even do i don't think you can do anything uh, well then you have to get creative <laughs> come up with some solutions yeah that guy, never heard from him again. He just lives with it, I'm sure. Where was the tattoo on him? His forearm. That's kind of hard to hide. Yeah, don't know what ever happened with that. It wasn't like on his tush or anything where you can just forget about it being there. No. <laughs> right. Um, and then as we were talking about about workplace stuff, um, uh, particularly military, things like that, um, uh, on the break you brought up a, an interesting consideration um, that was happening here in Chicago around police and tattoos. Yeah, Gary McCarthy had passed a rule saying no visible tattoos applying even to people that joined the police force that already had tattoos and they joined. And uh, the Fraternal Order of Police fought that in court and won. But even while that was instituted, I tattooed many police officers that were just like, whatever. Whatever. I'm not going to stop getting them. Right. But yeah, that happened too. What about your own tattoos? How many do you have? One big one. One big one. (laughs) I was going to say, I see several. That's an easy answer. Sure. You know, the strange thing is uh, when I started getting tattooed a long time ago, you know, long time ago you know let's see 25 years ago or more um it's the context of having tattoos has changed so much so that at the point when i started if you want to get something on your form you were a daredevil i mean that was like as you your hr manager guy here can say you know that was a big risk to go below your shirt sleeve to a visible tattoo now i see 16 year old kids come out of the high school with sleeves so it's kind of strange when the context of your tattoos and why you got them is out the window. Yeah. You how, know? how would you describe the, the way that's changed just generally for people, um, just the narrative around them and, and where it's forbidden? I mean, we joke about neck tattoos being yeah. kind of like that is commitment. You know, and it used to be. And now I will see straight up yuppie people when nothing against people that fall under the category that have like a small tattoo behind their ear. I mean, that's your face. That's your neck. And it's, it's kind of acceptable now. 
and it's it's amazing you know they don't understand how amazing it is because in a world i come from you know where 20 or 30 years ago if you had a tattoo like that man wow yeah. that would really uh limit your lifestyle sure sure and, and yeah, I... we even had a guy coming in for a while who was like a higher up at uh walgreens and this is a guy it's ironic because his kids went to school with one of the artists that worked for me and she remembers when he was like one of these country club elitist types and now here's this guy coming in our shop getting a lot of tattoos, you know, and the irony is hilarious. Yeah, you know? yeah, indeed. What about, uh, you know, the squeamish part? I think a lot of when people have seen my tattoos, they, oh, don't, didn't that hurt? I mean, to me, that's not really, not, not much. And, and it's like a, well, like it's a cat scratch. It's not that yeah. bad. And it's, it it's all of, mental. The most it, it's it, mental. I think so too. I think yeah. it's mental and I think it gets, you get used to it after a minute or two. It's, if there was no ink involved, it wouldn't even look like anything. It looked like your skin was kind of red and irritated. Mm-hmm. If it's done correctly, very little bleeding, it'll heal yeah. in a week to two weeks. Yeah. And, you know, without ink, it would just, it wouldn't even look like anything. And people get psyched up, their friends tell them, oh, it's going to hurt, you know, and they get all mental and crazy about it. And, uh, you know, occasionally you ask people to pass out. Really? And that's, that's kind of the fight or flight thing, you know, where they kind of hold their breath and they're not breathing. Sure. Through your skin, of your, you know, through your glove, you can kind of feel their body getting kind of cold. And you could ask them, are you okay? You know, you're starting to see stars. And sometimes they'll tell you yes, sometimes they'll lie, and then they end up passing out. Oh, my But if gosh. they tell you yes, you can usually get them to chill out before it happens. Sure, sure. And then and, once that passes, they're fine. And then, I mean, do you, do you, what do you, how do you even deal with someone who's like squirming? And that you just have to. Um, you know, I, usually it's more people that talk on their phone or move while they're talking a lot. And you kind of tell them, hey, <laughs> maybe you want to hold still. <laughs> and after a couple warnings. They get what they get. Yeah, yeah. And what about um, misconceptions around, you know, just generally, people without tattoos anyway? You know, what do you feel like you are confronted with still a lot? Well, that's, you know, we live in a very tattooed city. You know, if you travel a lot, you'll see that, you know, not everywhere is as tattooed as us. So I think the tables have kind of turned here where now, you know, people with tattoos were the aliens and now the people without them are almost the aliens. You know, I, I don't know what it's like to be in their shoes, but... It must be pretty strange to look around and see everybody tattooed, you know? Yeah, I'm sure. What What is the tattoo that most people get? Or what tattoo are you tired of giving? Um, I don't really feel that way about anything. Okay. Again, it goes back to if somebody wants it, it's valid, you know? Sure. doesn't mean I have to do it, but yeah. it's valid. Yeah. And I think people are looking for that, you know, want the world to say, yes, that's appropriate. You can get that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to feel that way. You yeah. know, if you genuinely want it, you should get it. Sure. And that's another thing, you know, when you discuss tattoos with clients come in and they're kind of looking to you to tell them what to get. And you got to partake, you know, get them to understand that, that, you know, it's more important what do you want to get and, you know, help them through that process. Yeah. Uh, but when people come in and they're like, uh, you know, I, I have this idea, I have this concept, what, what is the, um, for you in your shop, or at least your particular artistic process, how long does that, you know, do you send them away for a few days and say, come back, I'll draw, or, or do you mm, tend to it do it? It depends on the design. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people these days will come in with a design already in mind. You know, somebody on their phone, you know, things like Pinterest and stuff, yeah. you know, you can find anything. And uh, obviously the Cubs. Big tattoo subject in the last year. I'm sure. Uh, infinity symbols are big. Uh, feathers, why, birds. Why the infinity symbol? A lot of it goes back to if you see like a celebrity get a tattoo. Mm-hmm. Like you get a oh. lot of people copying celebrities, like whatever they do. Oh. Yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing. Yeah, or athletes, <laughs> you know. Sure, sure. So yeah. a lot of cubs, a lot of infinity. What else? Bible phrases, mm-hmm. you know. Um, 
a lot of simple tattoos. You know, really simple black ink only tattoos. And do you have all the tattoos that you want, or are there still more that you would like to have? Honestly, I'm so busy with family and business that it's not even on my radar. Right. I mean, at some point it might be again, but I mean, people ask me that all the time. I'm like, that's not very high up on my list of things sure. I'm trying to do every day. Sure. I hear that. John, what about you? More tattoos in your life? Let's get you another tattoo. Let's do this right now. Let's get you more tattoos. Get me. Uh, you probably have to get the approval of... Uh... You know, my, my home front there. My, <laughs> sure. brought it, I brought it up with my 13-year-old daughter uh, last week, and she's like, Dad, you can't get a tattoo. I'm like, come on, I'm going to get you know get it this. She's like, no, no. So wow. It's actually always an added pressure, and someone tells me that their daughter or somebody is an artist, and they're really excited to see their tattoo. I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to have this little girl scrutinizing my work when they get home. You know? Right. You know, the, I'm sure that, you know, y- y- what you said about, you know, you'll do a tattoo because that's what they want, and it's valid, and... I think there are some that are like inherently problematic and skin is an organ. Skin moves and yeah. breathes and all that. And you know? again, so if it's not going to work over yeah. time, yeah. we will tell people that and won't do it. Like tiny lettering, tiny lettering, mm-hmm. you know, you have to constantly refer people to go look at Google images and see what those look like after they heal. Yeah. Because once those start blurring together, you cannot fix them. Right. The ones I think are, are really tricky is the, um, the portraits. That's well, if it's done correctly, I mean, Some they're are amazing. Beautiful. Yeah. And again, you have to do your homework and go to somebody and wait. And that's the thing, patience. Yeah. A lot of people are impetuous and they just want it now. Yeah. And that's what they end up with, you know. Yeah. But we've, I've had people work for me that are just amazing at portraits. That sure. just do amazing work. It's, an, it's a gift. It's a gift. Yeah. Yeah. No, amazing. Just to see that they can do from nothing to making a sense of my skin forever within a matter of a couple hours. Amazing. It is a gift. And when you, and unfortunately we're sitting here running out of time, but um, when you first started the, the path of being a tattoo artist, Mm -hmm. what, how did you, at what point did you feel confident doing the work that you're doing? Um, You're kind of always, you know, creeping a little more, trying a little more, doing this a little more. But that's the important part is not to be, you know, overly reaching and try to do something you don't feel comfortable doing. And that's also a good part of working with a good crew of people where if there's something that's out of your comfort zone, but this guy does it great, you can say, hey, listen, I'm going to level with you. This yeah. guy's going to do it way better than me. He's Have your portrait guy. Do him. Yes, yeah. Yeah. exactly. Indeed. Well, lots of stuff to consider. And um, your shop is at 1459 West Irving. It is Deluxe Tattoo. Yes. So lots of stuff that we've uncovered here tonight. And again, we've come to the end of the program, and it's just scratching the surface of all these topics. So we've talked about tattoos in the workplace and some big companies that have changing attitudes around visible tattoos at work. We've talked with an anthropologist about tattoos around the world and even 5,300 year old tattoos and what they were used for and where tattoos began to evolve kind of simultaneously on continents around the world at the same time, about 500 years after that. And we've talked about with a tattoo artist about the day in and day out work and the considerations that go into this topic. So many, many things and all the links that we mentioned tonight will be on the website at wgnradio.com.